0: Woke up quick at about noon. Just thought that I had to be in Compton soon. I gotta get drunk before the day begins. Before my mother starts bitching about my friends. About to go and damn near went blind. Young is on the path throwing up gang signs. I went in the house to get the clip with my Mac 10 on the side of my head. I bailed outside and I pointed my weapon just as I thought the fool. Kept stepping, I jumped in the flow, hit the juice of my rug, I got front and back, side side. Then I let the alpine play, I was pumping new shit, by WA. It was gangster gangster at the top of the list. Then I play my own shit, I went something like this, cruising down the street in my six foot. Hey, it's the Life of an Average Joe podcast. Welcome, and it's time, it's that time again to do another short story from the life of an average Joe. Or do I call it short stories from an average Joe? I can never remember, but it's time for a short story. Thank you guys for listening, man. I tell you, I've had a lot of recording going on, not just here, but with Trash Talk. And then I've got some stuff coming up on Wisdom and Soundwave and with Movie Web, and, and I feel like I've been nonstop recording. So It's been pretty cool. Uh, It's been it's been fun and it's been exciting. So I've actually gone back and and re-recorded some episodes. You know, like I don't know. Some of you guys can relate to this. We've talked about it with other projects, especially writing. But I know some of you podcasters out there can relate. When you record an episode and then you listen to it back and it sounds great, you're like, okay, yeah, that's cool. Sometimes if you go back a couple days later and re-listen to it again, you pick up on these. Things that don't make you happy, and it could be because you're a creator. It could be it could be because you spend a lot of time on these podcasts because they're not easy. You know, they're not. It's not just plug a microphone in and and talk. I've heard people do that. I've literally seen people like, hey, I just put the mic on and talk. Sometimes it works. I've had those. I've had those episodes. Other times, sounds like crap, and I trash it. But it's those little things. It's it's maybe too much. Uh, you know, I don't know too much volume uh, in your microphone and every word is enunciated very loud or, or maybe there's some background noise that you didn't pick up because you had the headphones on. I, I don't know, but sometimes I do that and I've gone back and there was one recently and it was the one right before this. I had to record it a couple of times, which made me mad. Not a couple of times. I had to re-record it, which made me mad, but maybe it was two before this. I don't know which one it was, but the one that I thought was really good. No, it was just a field trip one. And I went back and listened to it. It was getting some good feedback. I got some emails about it, got some comments on social media, some stuff on the website. And, and so I went back and listened to it. And I was annoyed. Like, I was like, should I have re recorded this? Because I know what happened. And I'm not going to explain it because it's going to bore you to tears. But I'm sure some of you that have recorded anything, whether it's a podcast commercial, you're a singer, you're in a band, whatever, you know exactly the parts I'm talking about. Overall, it was a good podcast. Overall, it it was good. It was fun. And I'm glad I did it. But man, had I caught that before I scheduled it, or maybe because I listened to it twice, and it just kind of went in one ear out the other. But the third time I listened to it, I was like, what? So I don't know if it was my mindset. This is why I need somebody else. I need my guy. I need my sound guy. I need my audio guy. I need him consistently here when I'm at the studio. Like whether that's in my, my makeshift air quotes studio or I actually am going to a studio, which I typically have someone there when I do that. I need them to do it because I don't, I don't want or have the patience to go through and deal with this nonsense. But anyway, you know, that's, that's the average show. Look, it is what it is, but it, it, it got me frustrated. So that, that's all I'm saying. So if you listen to that and you heard and you know exactly what I'm talking about, then Sorry. But it is what it is, and uh, that's life. But this one, hopefully, uh, (laughs) will be fine, and we'll go from here. Um, I want to say thank you again to everybody that's been emailing. I've got an email episode, a little mini email episode coming up, um, and I'm going to answer quite a few emails. So if you want to email, if you've got any questions, you want to know, I don't know anything, whether it's with this episode or previous episodes or just random stuff, you want to be a guest, uh, you think maybe we can collab on something, make sure you check out the life of an show podcast.com or go ahead and email me at the life of an Joe podcast at gmail.com. I mean, you can reach me and all the other social media crap too, but this is, you know, an official invitation, make it easier on you and uh, go ahead and message me whatever you want. I'll definitely respond unless it's stupid. And then I won't you know, you'll, you'll figure it out. So this is a short story. So it's going to be a short podcast today. And I'm going back to my younger days, obviously (laughs) too old to be probably doing this stuff, but still younger, not old like I am now, but I'm going back to Detroit and I wanted to talk about urban exploring. I don't know if you guys know what urban exploring is. I feel like most of you are pretty smart. Most of you can figure it out, but Urban exploration or urban exploring or urban caving or building hacking, some people call it mousing, whatever you want to call it, is a thing, and it's a big thing, and it usually takes place in abandoned areas, say like an abandoned movie theater or an abandoned insane asylum, which I've got a lot of stories about that, but I'm saving that for one of my Halloween episodes Um, because it's... It's a good, it's a good story. It's a couple good stories, but you know, urban housing or any developments, um, you know, the sewers or subway stations, anything like that, that's been typically abandoned or places you shouldn't go. It's basically trespassing. It is. It's physically dangerous. Um, There are some places that you're allowed to. You can actually get permission. Believe it or not, I gotta take a drink of water again you can actually get permission from some cities and some, uh, you know, municipals to, to allow you to go explore these places. You can get permits. Um, but most of the time it's done illegally. You're going in places that you shouldn't be like some people go down storm drains and where they lead. You want to talk about like number one, disgusting. And although it's intriguing to me, uh, besides the fact that I think that there's alligators and the guy from it down there, Pennywise, um, It's intriguing to me, but it's also super nasty and I don't have any zero interest at all whatsoever to go down a storm drain, but people do it and the stuff they find and where it leads and there's, there's a ton of YouTube videos on it. There's a ton of uh, documentaries about it. You can find this stuff all over the web and there's some guys that have, they've done some serious urban exploring all across the country, but for the most part, it's illegal. And actually some activities that are associated with it, with and besides violating local and regional laws, some of them can be interpreted as anti-terrorism laws, or they can also be considered um, federal, depending on where you go. So it's not like you're just going to get a ticket and you got to get out of there. Some of these places, I mean, you can go to jail for, depending on where it is, especially God forbid, you're going in some of these abandoned government buildings or... There's another aspect. What if you go in, uh, into buildings that are in use, like gaining access to secured area, member only, VIP? And I'm not talking like clubs. You, you go straight to jail. I mean, straight to jail. No joke. A lot of these places, one of the biggest ones they do is they call it the catacombs in Paris. I mean, the, the catacombs that are under the city or Rome, uh, in Odessa, Naples. Um, it's like the holy grail of urban exploring. Dangerous, completely dangerous, but some of amazing, amazing stories and video footage has come from that. So guess what your boy did here? Your boy decided he was going to go urban exploring. I don't know what happened. I mean, we've done this in multiple places. Uh, We've done it in Chicago. We did it in, um, I didn't do it in Canada, Ohio, Kentucky, Detroit and it was more like hey let's go check this place out. Some of it was legal where they actually held like i'm assuming they were legal tours, but that's not the same. I mean, I guess in a sense you are urban exploring, but it's in a controlled environment. But a lot of times we'd see like hey, look at that abandoned prison, let's jump in, you know. In Detroit though, we 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 got on this kick because there's so many abandoned buildings in Detroit. It's really sad actually. There's whole neighborhoods that they're gone. I mean, just houses. I'm losing my voice again, guys. It's been like a month of like voice just cracking. See, this was a situation where I'd go back and edit it or go back and start over, but I'm not, I'm not doing it. You know, not when I hear guys that are getting paid way more than me mess up. So (laughs) there you go. Um, anyway, but Detroit has a huge, I mean, and you can Google this, it's gotten better, but because they've gotten rid of them, but you are the literal streets where houses are lined up and they're abandoned. They've either been half burned down. They've been turned into crack houses or they were crack houses or the families just got up and left because of the crime in the city, the poverty and everything that's going on. And I mean, whole neighborhoods, whole streets. I'm not lying where you've got, it literally looks like the walking dead. Now I'm not bashing Detroit. You've heard me talk about the pros and cons, but it literally looks like the walking dead. Like I'm going to be walking around with Negan trying to find food and zombies are coming out of these old crack houses. That's what it's like. And there's huge abandoned buildings, abandoned factories. Um, I mean, major car factories, metal factories, warehouses all along the riverfront. Uh, One of the biggest ones is the train station. Of course they've redone it and they're bringing it back, but um, major areas. So We have gone into some stamping plants before. Uh, We've gone into, you know, random automobile warehouses where we've explored it. And you find like there was, there was literally a pallet one time when we broke in, or I guess we did break in. We didn't break anything. I mean, we just kind of, okay, it was, it was breaking in. Um, (laughs) But there was a pallet of hubcaps. I mean, just old hubcaps that had to be worth something. Um, I mean, maybe not thousands of dollars, but something. And then we would see like pallets of like old computer parts. And we I remember going into this one section of the warehouse and there was all these old, old, old boxes. And I'm not talking like your boxes when you order from Amazon. They look like wooden boxes and I opened them up and there was nothing inside. We can never figure out they were, but it had like little dividers inside these wooden boxes it was really i, I had no idea what it was for but there was tons of them everywhere and then you see a lot of rats uh, you know the occasional you know spot where a bunch of people are shooting up um i never saw any dead bodies uh, homeless people occasionally animals stuff like that you know and then sometimes it'd be nothing like it'd just be like oh look at all this water damage and mold everywhere let's let's get out there was one particular night we wanted to go to this house. It was, a, it was, I guess it would be considered a somewhat of a mansion. I mean, it, we're not talking like Bruce Wayne mansion style, but a very large house, old old house in Detroit, and it was down a street that was not safe by any means. That there was still, it was gang territory for sure. We knew that because I'm not an idiot. You see the signs everywhere. You just know. You had some people that were living there. You had crack houses, but you, the only way to get to this was to go. <laughs> I know people that my, my family and parents and, and other people that listen are going to be like, Oh my God, how are you alive?" I often ask myself that same question on a regular basis. Um, <clears throat> I got some serious guardian angels. That's, that's the only way I know. But The only way to get to it, because you couldn't come in from the other side because the street was a dead end. So it was two rows of houses, like I said, mixed, abandoned, whatever. And you had to go down. And then there was this little wooded area. It was like, I wouldn't say that it was like wooded, but it was the trees and the shrubbery and everything was overgrown, but it kind of covered a driveway or a piece of a driveway. So we wanted to go check this out because we had heard about it. We had seen pictures. I actually saw some pictures on MySpace about it. And it was part of this group. It was like No Detroit or whatever, something like that. Not like No Detroit, but Get to know Detroit. And it was basically just a bunch of people. A lot of times it was talking about local music, restaurants, things happen in the city, or the history of the city. This was in there. And I started going down the rabbit hole in this group. And, and finally, I got a couple people together to go do this. Now, at the day that we decide to do it, we we decide to do it on a Saturday. You know, that makes sense. Let's go on a weekend when the perfectly normal, busy crack street is at its busiest on the weekend. Couldn't go on, like, a Monday when, like, ain't nobody got any crack money and people are chilling. You got to go when, like, gang activity is at an all-time high and we're going to go. So... I had four people with me. We all met at my apartment. And I wasn't living in the city. I lived outside of the city. But we all met at my apartment to discuss our plans, right? We load everything up. Got our backpacks, flashlights, knives, other weapons, um, <clears throat> money but not a lot, rope, tape, just anything, gloves, um, headlamps, anything we need, Any, you know, we're bringing water and we bring some uh, food and stuff and leave it in the car, snacks. Like we're getting ready to go, like spelunking in one of these caves, okay? But again, you're driving down to a part of Detroit that we have no business being in in the daytime. We have no business being there in the nighttime. We certainly have no business being there on a Saturday night. And Beyond that, we're going to an area that we definitely got no business being in, that even the crackheads and all that don't go to. And the dealers don't go to. You know, why would they? It's way back there. They don't need to go there, right? Sure. Makes sense. Sound logic. So we drive down to Detroit. It's about a 35, 40 minute drive. Stop at a gas station. You know, talk, whatever. I have four people going, right? Two of them bail. They're not leaving the city. They're going to be there in case we need them, but they're balling. They're just going to hang out in a nicer part of Detroit. We're supposed to text them when we're done. And they can meet back up at the gas station or whatever, or meet them at the bar or whatever. So it's me and two other people, three of us. we had five people, I guess, total, including myself. So it's three of us, right? <sighs> I remember driving to this particular street, and I'm not going to say the street name, Not that it matters. I'm just not. Some of you will know it if I say it. Um, And we drive there. And I remember thinking to myself, this is the worst idea. Like, this is a bad idea. Like, you know when you're getting ready to do something and you're like, this is a bad idea. And I'm not talking like you're getting your adrenaline going. You're about to get on a roller coaster and you're like, oh, this is a bad idea. Or you're about to bungee jump or jump out of an airplane. No. I'm talking like in the pit of my stomach. This is a bad idea. I chalked it up to fear and adrenaline. But I kept on hearing that voice that I usually don't listen to that says, this is a bad idea. And we're driving, and we're getting into the area of concern, okay? (laughs) And there's abandoned cars, and there's people walking on the street, and there's crackheads, and there's people eyeballing us. Now, I don't got a fancy car at the time, so it's not like... I'm standing out, but they don't recognize my vehicle. And and again, when you are living and operating in this area, in this mindset, as they were, whether they were living there peacefully trying to avoid the dealers and the gangs and the crackheads, you see a vehicle that you don't recognize. I mean, I do that here. I do that in my neighborhood. I see a vehicle I don't recognize. I'm like, oh, that's weird. So extrapolate that to that area where they've got, a reason to watch every car. They've got a reason to know who's coming in out of there. Whether that's a business standpoint, whether that's because of the police or rival gangs, they need to know. So they're watching. So we're just creeping. We're just minding our own business. We're driving with a purpose. We're not going fast. We're not going slow. We are driving like we belong there. That's why we tell everybody, act like you belong there. If you act like you belong there, it's a lot better than looking like you stick out like a sore thumb. You know? (laughs) So we're driving. We turn down the street. The first part of the street, to the best of my knowledge, I don't remember seeing any activity. It was actually pretty quiet. It was pretty chill. So I was like, all right, we're good. So we got go to go the end of the street. It's not a long street. I mean, it's, just, you know, it's a block or two. I don't know. I'm envisioning us rolling there, but I remember it being really dark. There was no lights on except for the occasional porch light, house light. There's no street lights that work that are functional at all. And you can forget about cops just randomly checking out this area. This area they don't care about it. And that's real. They don't care. That's not their concern. It's a Saturday night. There's a lot more people downtown. There's a lot more money to be made in these in these areas. They want to protect those people that are coming down to the city to go to the casino, to go to the bars, to go to concerts, so that they come back and funnel money into the city. Because the street that I'm going down isn't funneling money that, <laughs> into the city. I mean, not legally and not important. The tourism and the suburbanites are keeping that city alive. And that was a fact. So the cops going there, yeah, good luck. Good luck. So essentially we're on our own. So we get down to the dead end street and that's where there was some activity. And we got two choices here. We can try to turn around fast and get the heck out of there or we can keep going. I didn't calculate exactly where I would leave my car because I wasn't just about to park it in front of some random house and I wasn't just about to leave it there on the street because I don't care what kind of car I drove. It was going to be stripped and gone before I could even get out of the car. They might move me out to take to take the pieces away. Like, Excuse me, man. You got to go We're stripping your car, bro. I mean, seriously, that's how fast they operate. I didn't think about that. So my buddy gets out. He's a pretty big dude. He gets out and he's looking, shines a little flashlight, but he didn't, again, he doesn't want to draw attention. We've got to look like we know we're supposed to be there. So he shines a flashlight in the area where the bushes are. Well, the bushes are actually, and the trees are kind of pushed back. Now, some of these are just really tall weeds and and stuff. Some of these are bushes and stuff that was planted there years ago that obviously nobody's taken care of. So they're pushed back a little, and we can see like a path. So I do the smartest thing ever. I decide to drive my car on that path because that makes sense. It could be anything there. It could get stuck. There could be water. There could be, you know, I'm not, I'm not driving like a tank, you know? I'm not like, I'm not in a, a Hummer or anything. I'm in this POS driving on, whatever. We get to some pavement and it's cracked, but it's pavement and it must be the driveway. Now on each side of us, there's bushes. Anybody and their brother could have been in there hiding. I mean, Michael Myers... Jason, whoever could have been in there hiding. I i mean, we kept the windows up, but if I had a rolled the windows down, somebody could have reached their hand in and just grabbed me if they were there. That's how close these bushes were. But they started to get further and further away from us. And the ground that we were on, I could tell, was becoming more consistent, was less cracks. And then I start noticing like stuff to the side, like there's a big, big, big tree. And I'm like, oh, okay that tree's been there a long time. We got to be getting close to the house. And then I saw where, what I assume would have been a mailbox. It looked like one of the posts where there'd been a mailbox, but there was no box there. And then we got close and it was like a circle, half circle driveway, not half circle, but I say half circle because some of it looked kind of dilapidated, but there was a driveway and I come to this big house, mansion, somebody that lived there, lived there at a time when the city was good and they had money. Probably working for the automobile industry back in the day, I imagine. This is an old house. I mean, maybe in the 60s, maybe in the 50s. It probably got torched in the 60s during the riots and they bounced out of there. Who knows? But this is an old house. There's a garage off to the side. It's completely like no not even worth going to urban explore that garage because there's like the roofs caved in there. I mean, it's not even worth it. We didn't even bother, but we, the house itself looks kind of good. Yeah. The windows are busted out. It's dark. The steps are busted, but overall I was like, dude, that house is in way better shape. But again, it's packed. It's in the back. It's hidden away. It's like The earth swallowed it whole and and people forgot about it. Not to say that people haven't gone down there. We still didn't know what we were going to run into. Animals, homeless people, other urban explorers, police. Dude, who knew? But I parked. There was no other cars, so I parked it in the driveway. So far, so good. Now, granted, some people saw us go in so they could follow but maybe they weren't paying attention or maybe they thought if those guys need to be there, we don't need to be there. Mind our own business. Out of sight, out of mind. Does not concern me? Maybe these guys are badder and tougher than we are. We out, you know, who knows, you know, don't ask, don't tell. I, I don't know. We get out of the car and we're getting ready. We get our flashlights. We get our protection. I'll just say that. And we decide to go through the front door. You know, don't be creepy, you know, let's just go through, you know, don't, don't try to scale a window, you're not Batman, just go through the front door, because again, that was the most logical thing. So as we're walking in, obviously, things are falling apart, and there was a ton of animals in there, by the way. Uh, we saw raccoons, uh, there was a couple bats, I'm, assu- I'm going to call them bats, my friend said they were just birds. I want to be cool, and I'm going to say they were bats, because why not? Raccoons definitely stunk. I'm going to tell you right now, it stunk. Water mold, poop. It smelled like cat pee. So there was probably every cat in the city of Detroit was just taking a piss there. Um, but the house, you could tell as we shined it, it was pretty beautiful at one point. There was still a full mirror intact. Dirty, but intact. I mean, it was crazy. We saw a kitchen table, We start walking around. Start making our way upstairs. Now, that was a little risky because some of the steps were kind of like, you know, the wood was soaked and there was carpet. There was, there, there was, the carpet looked like, the carpet looked like somebody ate the carpet, threw it up, ate it again, set it on fire and ate it. I mean, it was disgusting. And it wasn't everywhere. It was sometimes it was just gone and it was just down to the wood planks. But the stairs were were not stable they were breaking. And we got upstairs. One of the bedrooms, and I remember three, one of the bedrooms, when I say look perfect, understand what I mean. It wasn't like you walked in and you're like, oh, I'm going to buy this place. This is beautiful. It looked intact. Like I could see where things were. I could envision it. It still had a dresser there that was just dirty. I mean, maybe somebody with a lot of money would have you know, would maybe would have been able to fix it up. I didn't open the drawers or anything. I didn't get a chance to, unfortunately, Um, but it was dirty. Now we did see signs of drug use. Saw some baggies, clear plastic bags. I saw a couple needles and I'm like, okay, obviously somebody's come here and I'm not surprised. Somebody's come here and shot up. Then, you know, we got to keep an eye out for that because what if they come back or what if they're just living here? And it didn't, I didn't see many signs of that. And we were there exploring for a little bit. Our next, I mean, we were probably, I'd say we were upstairs for 30 minutes, 40 minutes. It felt like it. Again, I could be wrong. Nobody came in. You always hear noises, but this house is set far back there. So as we're going downstairs, we want to go to the basement. Let's check out the basement you know, you're in Michigan, you got basements. So let's see, maybe there's some cool stuff down there. Maybe we'll find a safe with thousands of dollars in there. I don't know. Maybe that's where the druggies will be. Who knows? We go down to the basement and it is littered with furniture and it smells even more like cat piss. And it's just covered, covered. Sorry, I'm sniffing guys. It's still just bad weather and all this other crap going on here. Um, I mean, there's stuff everywhere. My one buddy's like, hey, man, I'm going to go check on the car, dude. He's like, somebody's got to stay with the car. So that way, if somebody shows up, I can at least get you guys or I can get the car and get out of here. Or I'm like, what, are you going to leave us? He's like, no, but dude, if we're down here, they could be creeping out there, stripping your car down right now. I'm like, yeah, you're right. And then we got to walk back through the jungle and then back through the crack jungle and then somehow get to safety and try to survive. It's like the purge, you know, about to happen and we're going to have to walk. Right. So I'm like, all right. So he goes up there and I'm like, I mean, our phones are working. It's not like, I mean, he can text and or call. It's not like we're out in the middle of the mountains or camping somewhere. So we're in a major city. It just feels like we found this like portal that took us to another multiverse. So he's out there. So we're down there and I'm hanging out and we're looking at stuff. We're looking at stuff. Well, he goes, Hey man, I'm out of here. That's what he says. And I'm like, what? You know, messing around. Like, what do you mean you're out of here? Where are you going? He's like, no, I'm out. I got to go. He's like, don't worry. I'm not leaving you. I got to go. And then he texts us, hide. I'll be right back after the commercial break, guys. Thanks for coming back. And so, we get the text hide. Okay, so he's not kidding. He's not kidding. We start to walk upstairs because we're like we're just going to get out of the house, and we hear people coming in, voices cursing. Somebody's talking, but nobody's answering. So I'm assuming they're on the phone. So we're we get down back to the basement. Like we're, we didn't make it up the stairs. And like I said, there's furniture everywhere. Chairs, broken chairs, boxes, crap, wood. We literally hid behind three. It's like I'm gonna say three chairs and some wood. You if you walked down in the basement, you wouldn't have saw us. You would have had to walk through the labyrinth of crap and turn the corner. I mean, we and we hear them up there. And they're doing drugs. We can tell right so we're like crap okay you almost were hoping it was a dealer <laughs> you know because here's the thing a crackhead doesn't care they'll kill you for for what you they think you have or just because they're cracked out a dealer might be able to negotiate with you not to say they wouldn't pop you and nobody would ever know but but that's all they need is a is a bunch of white dead dudes in detroit disappearing And then the police are going to come down on them. That's just a reality at the time. I would almost rather deal with the drug dealer than a crackhead. Because I've had that experience where the gangs and the drug dealers were like, man, we got you because we don't want the cops here messing up our business. So they would actually, and I'm I'm sidestepping a little, they would actually, when I worked out in Detroit, they would watch my car. Because if a crackhead came up and tried to mess with me, and mess my car up and I bring the police in that interferes with business. They're not making money. So they would be like, nah, we don't want that. I didn't mess with them. They didn't mess with me, but they, they, they kept the crackheads away. They were like, you know, like crackhead repellent. But we didn't know what we were dealing with. And we didn't know how many were up there. Cause I heard three voices could have been two, could have been four. There could have been seven people up there and only two people were talking. Who knows? So we're sitting down there like, oh my God, like what, like, when I say crap in our pants, I want to say something else. This is not about being tough. I was downright terrified. Cause I'm like, I'm gonna have to fight some crackhead to get out of here. Don't know where my boy is. Don't know if my car's gone. I don't know what's going on. I can't call nine one one and be like, hey, I, I here's the street we're on, we're all the way in the back, you know, because who knows if they're even gonna show up or answer. So we're just waiting. And I'm like, if they come down here, we got two choices. We can, again, try to negotiate, or we can use what we brought and get out. And that opens up a whole new can of worms. But we got to be prepared, so we prepared. So we're sitting there. Now, they were, sounded like they were walking around, but they were pretty stationary. Pretty stationary. I heard the lighters go. I heard a phone ring. I heard a pager go off. I'm like, crackhead ain't got no pager. These are dealers. These are dealers. They're just hitting it and maybe whatever. But then they start getting loud on the phone. He's talking about, we're going to smoke this guy. We're going to, you know, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of it. I mean, I'm, I'm abbreviating what they said. Needless to say, they were mad and somebody was going to get killed. And we're down there, and I'm like shoot. Maybe I wish it was a crackhead. Cuz I'm not about to go negotiate with somebody who's already mad trying to kill somebody. My buddy texts me and he's like you guys good. And we're like yeah. Now again, our phones on vibrate. We're not stupid. You're not getting alerts. It's not I mean not vibrate. It's on silent. You're not you're not getting nothing. And I said, you know, we're just simple, yeah. And he's like I got the car. I'm safe. I'm hiding. So he's got the car. He's safe. He's hiding. He says, two cars here. I'm like, okay, two cars here. So for some reason, by the grace of God, when he went up there and was chilling in the car, he must have saw the headlights first or something and was able to hide I, wherever he is. There's only one way in, one there's only one way in, and only one way out. So he didn't go out because they would have crossed paths. So he's on the property somewhere, hiding with my car, and I'm just I have no clue because I'm trapped in the corner, like hiding, ready to either come out guns a blazing or praying, which it was a ladder that this ends and they leave. When I tell you they never came downstairs, ever, that I was there for over two hours. That's no joke. I heard every bit of phone call. I was like a witness, man. If the cops had found out I was there, I could have told them everything. I never saw their faces. We never saw their faces, but I heard it. I heard names. I heard, well, they're not even names, but yeah, I did hear a couple names. names. Um, I'm not going to say what they are. And I heard nicknames, code names, whatever, stupid gang names. I know what street they were going on. I know, dude. I knew who, I knew who was going, and I knew who they were mad at. We heard all that. And we would check in with each other every now and then, and then finally, my buddies like they're gone. because we heard it get silent, and I heard him walk. But man, you don't know. You don't know if it got quiet and they were just waiting because they knew we were there. You don't know if it got quiet because they got a text like, hey, somebody's there. You don't know. And I wasn't about to jump out and go look. So we waited. Even after he said they're gone, we waited. We probably waited another 30, 40 minutes to make sure that the cars were indeed gone and nobody was coming back. Because what happens? We get up there. We get in the car. They're not gone. We bump into them. And we got in the car, we locked the doors, my buddy drove, he hauled butt out of there. I mean, I was hitting potholes. I'm like, my car's going to explode. I'm like, I don't care. Get out. When we pulled back out onto the street and we hit that curb, because it was, you know, the dead end, people were looking at us. We cruised out of there fast, but not fast. Because again, you got to play it cool. And I... Obviously, none of those people there were part of who came because they'd have been like, "Wait a minute. They would have been opening fire on. They would have been shooting at us as we drove by. True story. Because that street was busy from the crackheads and the dealers and the gang members, and God knows what else. It was busy when we were doing there, when we were cruising out of there. I probably saw and again, I don't remember exactly, so if I'm underestimating, whatever, I saw at least 10, 12 people. Could have been more, could have been less. We got out of there. We text our other people. We meet them at a gas station in a much nicer part of the city. And I mean, we were crapping bricks. I was shaking. I was shaking with adrenaline. And I was like, yeah, we're not doing that again. Needless to say, we never finished the exploration. And that was my last time. Um, I think. Might have done some other stuff in other states, but that was the last time we went to Detroit to do anything like that, unless it was like allowed. Cause they would open up some of these abandoned buildings sometimes and take people through them. Like the big historical ones was really cool. Um, like I did a, I did a haunting asylum in Kentucky. That's how you guys about that in October though. Uh, that was really cool and creepy and scary. And I'm pretty sure there's all kinds of stuff that got me there. But anyway, uh, yeah. Yeah. So we almost, just to go look at this place. And now I have zero idea. And by the way, I don't have pictures. I'll look it up. I mean, online I, to see if I can find it I and, and take a picture offline. But I don't know. I don't know if it's still there. I'm pretty sure, because every time I've gone back to the city, I don't go down that street. I got no reason to go down that street. I learned my lesson. I'm good. I learned my lesson before going down that street and I still went down that stupid street. Most likely those houses are gone and that street's abandoned as a whole, or it's just overrun by gangs and crackheads. It's not, that's not a, that part of town is not part of the revitalization of Detroit. I promise you that. It's not. And I don't think it will be for the foreseeable future. Oh, I just dropped that. Um, But man, it was a scary, scary experience. Not like going in the catacombs in France, which I'm sure is scary. I'm going to put you guys on mute for one second. Yeah, I'm sure if you go down the catacombs, I have to cough. If you go down the catacombs in uh, France, oh my God, I've heard some things about that. Same with Rome, crazy stuff. But this was dangerous. This was definitely dangerous. So, if you ever get the urge to go urban exploring, I don't want to say don't do it because I get it, but don't do it. Don't go to some areas. Uh, just go online, just Google, just watch some YouTube videos. Listen to my story again and just remember that you never know what you're walking into. Like the best thing that we could have found there, the best scenario in that situation is nobody comes in and we see some rats or possums or something like that. We find some cool stuff, take some pics and bounce. That's what I was hoping for. I did not think we were going to be in the middle of some trespassing gang war. And then I thought to myself, what if the cops come? What if there's a shootout? I mean, we were in a spot and I doubt the cops would even look, but what if they saw my buddy out there in the car, pop him, take my car, set it on fire and we're walking. I mean, it was just the stupidest thing we could have ever done. And Brandon did it because I'm not the smartest guy at the time. Or I was like, whatever, watch me, watch me do this. I'm not scared. Yeah, I ain't gonna lie to you. I was scared. So there you go, guys. That's a short story, a little bit longer, but I had to tell you about it. I had to talk about my experience, and uh, God knows what that was. It was a cool house, though. It was a cool house. Not cool enough to be trapped in a basement for almost three hours, though. In a nasty, I mean, dude, we peed down there. I say, dude, we peed down there like multiple times. I mean, not when they were there. Actually, I think so. I think my buddy did pee. And I'm like, bro, they're going to hear you pee. But they didn't. Um, and then I think I, I peed twice when they left. Probably from scare. I'm lucky I didn't do something else. Jeez, Mary and Joseph. God, if my son listens to this in the future. Okay, so Luke, if you listen to this in the future, uh, uh-uh. just remember, no urban exploring. But hey, guys, thank you so much again for listening to Life of an Average Joe and supporting. And speaking of supporting, make sure you support local. Make sure you support your, your local brewery, especially if you're in Texas. Because you guys got to check out Oasis Texas Brewing in Austin. Now, they're probably mad at me, honestly, right now. I got to be honest with you. are probably mad at me because I have not been drinking lately. The last beer I had was like a month ago. So they're probably mad at me. But you know what? They're a great brewery and I'll have beer again. I'm just training right now. I got a lot of things coming up, but if you guys want to check them out, check out Oasis Texas brewery. Okay. Check out their website. They got, I mean, they are in a beautiful location. They've got some of the best food out there, especially right on the lake. And we're getting there, Texas. We're getting to the point. I mean, right now it's like 60 degrees. We're almost there, you know, a couple more months. You can go out there and hang out, sit on there, sit on the patio by the lake drink your beer, get get a great burger, try the meta modern IPA. They also have a slow ride, slow ride pale ale. It's kind of fun. Uh, They got a Mexican lager. It's nice. It's easy to drink. Um, Not my favorite, but pretty good. Uh, One of their other really good beers that I liked a lot is called the uh, Moon Tower. You know the Moon Tower, right? If you guys have ever seen, ever seen Dazed and confused. And he's like, We're going to the Moon Tower. You know, Matthew McConaughey, we're going to the Moon Tower to drink. This is the Moon Tower. This is what the whole dazed and confused Oasis vibe is is about. And they got a Moon Tower beer and it's a black Kolsch. I've never had a black Kolsch before. A Kolsch is like a German beer, pretty low ABV. I think it's like five and a half percent, something like that. But it's, it's a black. Kolsch. Now it's a seasonal beer. It's light, it's super crisp, but then you get that roasted coffee notes in there. Really delicious beer. I've only had it one time. So if you happen to go down there, check it out. The moon tower beer guys, I'll drink again. I promise Oasis. I still got to get down there, but at this point might as well just wait till it's warmer, you know, like anyway, but check them out. Support local. If you can't, uh, I just did it again the thing that annoys me. If you can't obviously get their beer like in Michigan or Chicago or Ireland or you know other places, uh, you can order some cool swag online just to support them. Trust me, tell them I sent you, shoot them an email. Hey guys, when I get to Texas, I'm checking you out because Brandon from the Life of an Average Joe podcast told me to. But check out my boys Oasis, They're great people great people out there. And I will be back next week with another episode. I don't even know what it is. I'm not sure yet, but you can always find all the past episodes uh, anywhere that you find this podcast or your favorite podcast, or check out the life of an average Joe podcast.com. Sign up for the email list, sign up for pre-orders on the book. Yes. Pre-orders on the book. Maybe you want some stickers, yo. Maybe you want the t-shirts. Let me know. Appreciate you guys. Thank you so much again for putting up with my nonsense. And again, remember, don't go urban exploring in drug houses. In all fairness, I didn't know it was a drug house, but don't do it. All right, guys. Have a great one.